0: to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 19, with a special tribute to mothers from Mother's Day. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: I call my... Seven-year-old daughter. Mama. Come here, Mama. That's a Hispanic thing. But uh, I call her Mama, and, you know, it was a joy to watch her wake up early with me. I can, and, and she runs downstairs, and I know what she's doing. She's getting papers, she's getting her markers, and she's writing Mom a Mother's Day card. She wrote like five of them this morning. You know, the reality is, I thank God for women, I thank God for moms, we celebrate moms today because moms are wonderful, they're awesome, they are the first to nurture us when we come into the world, they give tirelessly of themselves for our well-being, they feed us, they clothe us, they protect us, they nurse us back to health, they teach us, they encourage us, and they love us unconditionally. I've had the privilege of watching uh, my wife, Clarissa, be the best mom ever for our kids. She's all the things I just mentioned, and I often tell her if it weren't for nurturing women in the world, men would destroy themselves in about a week. All the manners and all the social norms, Clarissa diligently teaches them to our children and to me as well. I'm just grateful to all the mothers in our church. I'm grateful to all the sisters. You really, truly have made me humble and proud to be able to fellowship with you, to watch you care for your kids, to care for this place, care for the Lord. You remind me of the sisters there at the cross with the Lord when he died and at the tomb when he was resurrected. And they followed him and they ministered to him. I really, as I grow older as a as a man, I I just come to a greater gratitude to sisters in our church who are just so loving and and nurturing and um, and I wanted everyone to stand because all the women to stand because you know whether you have children or not, you can be a, a mother, a spiritual mom to those who uh, did not have moms or had issues with moms within the church and so i 'll share a little bit more about that as we go along but let 's pray for the moms and For our time. Father, we thank you so much this morning for you are a glorious, wonderful Father. You have given us mothers, you have given us sisters, uh, aunts, and just women in general to nurture and to care and to help balance the world for sure and to rear up the next generation, and to be there for the motherless and the fatherless. And, and so, Lord, we're just so grateful that we have them, and that they're here this morning. Bless them today. Uh, fill their life, Lord, with your joy, with your peace, with your strength, with your goodness, Lord. Just give them a special day today as they continue to look to you as the author and finisher of their faith. So bless the women, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Proverbs 31, verse 25 through 31. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's a beautiful chapter in Proverbs. You know, I know women can have an issue with that uh, chapter as it being uh, a gauge that they cannot meet. But in the Lord, by his spirit, we all can change. We serve a God who is a redemptive father and Lord who gives us new life. We're moms who perhaps were not the best moms, can become better moms through Christ, right? And so it's a, it's a beautiful reality to the Christian faith that we can be the, the man and woman who Christ has called us to be. To learn patience, to learn to be kind, to learn to be more compassionate, more sympathetic, to learn to be more diligent. We're all a work in progress, but these wonderful scriptures are there from the Lord. To women, this is this is what you can be if you walk in the Spirit. You can be do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Amen? My natural mother, a little bit about her was a Sadly in my life for those of you who know wasn't very interested in my life and she was just in that place where she was interested in her husband but her husband happened to hate me hate my existence so I grew up in in a home of constant fear of him and uh at 15 at the age of 15, he ended up leaving. I ended up finally hitting him back. And when he left, the streets of Armani basically was how I was raised. I was I did whatever I want from 15 and on. So I grew up not really knowing what a mother who loves their children unconditionally looked like. And when I came to Jesus Christ at 23, one month before I turned 24, it was August of 1999. So my birthday's in September, August of 99, I get saved, the next month I turn 24. So it's like, I don't like saying I was saved at 23, I want to say I was saved at 24, because it's one month away, because I basically lived out 11 months of tw- being 23. But anyways, when I came to Christ, God knew that I was going to need a mom in my life, badly, badly. I sit here oftentimes weeping during worship because he's just too good in how he providentially knows your need, knows what you're going to need, and then begins to move pieces in order to meet you with the pieces that you will need. You don't even, we don't even know we need that, that piece. And Mama Sue came into my life, my spiritual mom. I worked with her at Caltrans, and she, um, she was ministering to me, and she took that role that I needed. And I, I needed it badly. Guys, I was really, really messed up. I don't know how to tell you any, any more, but I mean, I, I, was, I was involved in, in violence and in drugs and that kind of life. You know, I have somebody please tattooed with praying hands on my side. Like this world had nothing for me. And I had no help in sight. Then when I got saved, that's who I was. So for God to bring me into the church like he did, he had to use, he had to use like kid gloves. And when Mama Sue came into my life, she was in with Calvary Chapel from the the tent day's When Steve Mays of Calvary Chapel, South Bay, when he didn't even have a church, she went to his home Bible study. So she was in. And she helped escort me into this world. And I needed it because I was so insecure. I felt that my sins were too terrible for people to accept me in the body of Christ. And she was so adamant in her love for me. She instilled confidence in the Lord in me she told she showed me i belonged in the body of christ and not just in any church at costa mecca where it all started where it's more of a higher class if you will as far as economy you know i'm from the barrio and i'm there and the way she sheltered me the way she nurtured me in that and how i needed to be there because eventually that's where i would find my wife who just did worship for us? Clarissa's part of the part of the plan in God's economy, and there's no way she marries me unless I have a sue there to vouch for me as her spiritual son, because I was an ex gang member. There is no way around it. I went to meetings since I was 15, jumping people in, all of that stuff in Almani. From that to Lord, I lift your name on high. <laughs> It's a lot to process. It's a lot to process. That's how special she was. She said she, at first, in her flesh, was afraid of me and my friend Mark that she was ministering to. We were right there. We could have gone the wrong way. He did. I think he's like a chapter leader for the Mongols somewhere. But I came here. And... uh God knew it. She loved me. She supported me through the good and the bad. And she's left me a spiritual heritage. This is the first Mother's Day that I don't don't get to call her. You know, she's she's at home with the Lord. And when she found me, it had been three years since her only son was killed in a car accident. And he was 18 years of age. So she needed a son and I needed a mother. In Psalm 68 verse 6, it says, God sets the solitary in families. God sets the solitary in families. Love your moms. Honor them. Bless them. Live right before God because nothing more will please a godly mother than for her to see her children walk with the Lord. That is the most precious gift we can give our moms is to walk with the Lord. Not playing games, not half-stepping, not pretending, not patronizing our mothers, but living a life for Jesus Christ, it's the best that we can do. I think of when Paul told Timothy how he was praying for his young protege, his son in the faith. He said in Second Timothy chapter 1, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded is in you also, mothers. Ooh, the heritage you can leave for your children as they see you. In the word of God, praying, seeking the Lord, you can leave a good inheritance for them that cannot be taken away. And it is is piousness and zealousness for the Lord to love the Lord, moms, because our kids are watching you and how you live for Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been living right, it's time to. If you haven't been as disciplined or as hardcore for the Lord, it's time to. Many parents think, well, if I just bring my kids to a Christian school, then they're going to they're gonna walk with the Lord. And that's not true. There are plenty of kids who go to Christian school who can care less about God, sadly, today. Because the parents weren't living it at home. It was just something to take the kids, and they say it's good for the kids, but for themselves, they really didn't walk with the Lord. The kids can see right through that. So we have to pray that we would be that good example who's responsible for mother's day anyways you might ask none of you were thinking it but i'm taking you there how did this day ever who was the genius who did it there was talk about it in the late 1800s people were talking about it in various places and after the Civil War it was a way they said if we have a Mother's Day it will help bring the country back together but it was a woman by the name of Anna Grafton from West Virginia the granddaughter of a Baptist minister. And, uh, she was a member of Andrew's Methodist Episcopal Church where she taught Sunday school and in 1876 after one of her Bible lessons Anna Jarvis closed with the prayer I hope and pray that someone sometime will will found a Memorial Mother's Day commemorating her for the matchless service she renders to humanity in every field of life. She is entitled to it. Similar to a prior lady named Clara Barton who wanted the day. Uh, who founded the American Red Cross, Anna Jarvis's mother worked during the Civil War to organize Mother's Day work clubs to care for wounded soldiers, both Union and Confederate. Anna's mother raised money for medicine, inspected bottled milk, and improved sanitation. She arranged in 1868 a Mother's Friendship Day to reunite families that had been divided during the Civil War. She hired women to care for families where mothers suffered from tuberculosis in May 9, 1905. Inspired by her mother's self-sacrifice and generosity, Anna Jarvis wanted to honor her and all mothers. And on May 12, 1907, Anna persuaded her church, Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church Calvary Chapel of West Virginia, just kidding, (laughs) to have a small Mother's Day service. The church then agreed to set aside every year, the second Sunday in May, the anniversary of her mother's death, as a day to show appreciation to all mothers, the makers of the home. The next year, May 10th, 1908, Anna organized a Mother's Day in two places. Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church, where she had sent a telegraph telegram, telegram in, and in Philadelphia, where she gave a moving speech in the auditorium of the twelve story Wenamaker department store. John Winnamaker was a retail pioneer and founder of the of one of the first department stores. Wenamaker, who had paintings of Christ throughout his store, stated There is a power in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep uppermost the profound conviction that it is the gospel that is to win the heart and convert the world. The things that were sweet dreams in our childhood are now being worked out. The procession is being made longer and longer. The letters of Christ's name are becoming larger and larger. With the financial backing of John Wanamaker and H.J. Hines, maker of 57 varieties of ketchup, Anna Jarvis began a letter-writing campaign to ministers and politicians to establish a National Mother's Day. Due to the overwhelming support of pastors from Calvary Chapel and churches, by 1909, 45 states observed Mother's Day. People wore white and red carnations on Sunday to pay tribute to their mothers. That's why I'm wearing a white shirt. On May 8, 1914, Congress designated the second Sunday in, in May as Mother's Day. On May 9, 1914, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the first National Mother's Day as a public expression of love and reverence for the mothers of our country. President Reagan said in his Mother's Day Proclamation 1986, a Jewish saying sums it up God could not be everywhere, so he created mothers. English poet Robert Browning wrote, Motherhood, all love begins and ends there. Mothers have the role of imparting values into children. As American poet William Ross Wallace wrote, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Dr. James Dobson addressed the National Religious Broadcasters, February 16, 2002, If they can get control of children, they can change the whole culture in one generation. This was echoed by historians Will and Ariel Durant in the Lessons of History in 1968. Civilization is not inherited. It has to be learned and earned by each generation anew. If the transmission should be interrupted, civilization would die and we should be savages again. February 3rd, 1983 at the annual national prayer breakfast president reagan stated i have a very special old bible and alongside a verse in the second book of chronicles there are some words written handwritten very faded by now and believe me the person who wrote these words was an authority her name was Nellie wilson reagan she was my mother we get the picture <laughs> my spiritual mom was pretty special She was sweet and kind and gentle and merciful and gracious, but she also didn't play. And I think a godly woman has a little of both in them, right? The graciousness, the kindness, the mercy, the grace, but there has to be that side that doesn't play, that will uphold the Word of God in her home and with her children. Amen? All right. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of acts chapter 19 let's pray one more time father we thank you again for this morning we ask your blessing upon your word as we study it holy spirit guide us into your truth help us to focus on what you're trying to say to us this morning give us understanding give us eyes to see ears to hear in a spiritual sense lord holy spirit Guide us into your truths. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. So, in Acts chapter 19, verse 5, we continue again with Paul the Apostle, who is in that great ancient city of Ephesus, which is in modern-day western Turkey. Paul had desired to go there during his first missionary journey, but the Lord prohibited him from doing so. For some reason, the Lord, it was in his timing, would not allow Paul to go into Asia. But now on his third missionary journey, he's there. And this is uh, the city of of the great temple of Diana, the false goddess. And the Ephesians It's a very cosmopolitan place. It was a a major seaport. It was the capital for the Roman Empire in Asia. And this is where Paul is. And when Paul had arrived, he found some believers that were in need of further information concerning the gospel. He had asked these believers If they had received the Holy Spirit and they said to him, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And so they needed more information and he asked them, well then what were you baptized into? And they said into the baptism of John the Baptist. And so he explained to them that John the Baptist baptized people for repentance in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. But now the Messiah is here, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so he said this to them. And it says here in verse 5 that when they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in verse 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And so we see just a beautiful acceptance of the full story of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, that he died on the cross for our sins, he rose on the third day, and he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's also given all of us who believe in him spiritual gifts, supernatural abilities that God gives to us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And in this story, right when they accept the Lord and are baptized and Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in tongues, and they began to prophesy. It was pretty pretty much a, an exciting moment for Paul and these 12 men. And this morning, you know, it, it's a perfect time to speak about the gifts of the Spirit because we see here that they're speaking in tongues and prophesying like right off the bat and I know that there's people who perhaps are new to the faith or perhaps have not been taught concerning the gifts of the Spirit and the Bible is clear that God doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning the gifts of the Spirit. So let's go together to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and take a look at What Paul would say concerning the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we'll begin in verse 1. We're going to go down to 11. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So God doesn't want his church believers to be ignorant of the gifts of the spirit i don't want you to be ignorant you know that you were gentiles carried away to these dumb idols however you were led therefore i make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of god calls jesus accursed and no one can see that jesus is lord except by the holy spirit There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So there's many gifts, but there's unity within the church. There's many gifts, there's diversities in gifts. We all don't have the same gifts, there's diversity in the gifts. But there's a unity of spirit. That's what what he's saying here. There's diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. And so the Bible is clear that God not only saves us, but He's so wonderful in that He gives us supernatural abilities and gifts that He wants to use in your life for the benefit of the church the question should be asked are we using those gifts and abilities for the benefit of the church
0: thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio if you're in the area come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. we are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning you can also find us on YouTube or Instagram